Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters. I want to welcome you to the first episode of Cause Talk Radio for 2013. And, of course, I have on the line with me, still with her potty hat on for New Year's Eve, <laughs> Megan Strand. Hey, Happy Megan. Year. How's it going? It's going great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Now, you were telling me an interesting story earlier that you were saying that um, you went for a run on uh, on New Year's Day, but your husband made like some meat roll of bacon and sausage and stuff like that. It I was mean, ridiculous. What, yeah. What's the dynamics like in your household? Huh? <laughs> it, right there. That just sum- summarizes the whole thing. <laughs> I know, but it sounded good anyways, you know, so uh, so uh, you can always follow Megan on Twitter. You can follow her on uh, Facebook so you can learn about all the great culinary things that are happening in our household. But, uh, you know, this is an exciting day because it's 2013 and we're talking about things that are coming up in the new year. And we have today, Megan, the perfect person on the phone to discuss these things. Craig Fighter, who is an EVP at Cone right here in Boston where I am. Hey, Craig. Hi there. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Did you make a meat roll? (laughs) No, I uh, made meatballs, but I also went for a run. So, you know, I try to live both sides of the line there. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. You Absolutely know, so, great to be here with you. Yeah, you know what I mean? That, that's the thing, too. Isn't it so true, Megan, that like when you need the news and information at the beginning of the year, you really have to rely on East Coast Boston people like me and Craig. It's true. I rely happy. heavily on both of you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so so Craig, here we go. We're going to talk about uh, let's talk about lessons from uh, 2012 when it comes to cause marketing, and then we'll talk about cause marketing in two, 2013. But what did you learn? What did Cone learn this past year about cause marketing? Because we always learn something new. Well, it's uh, it was a terrific year in that we really saw a deepening integration of cause and CSR into companies and into minds and hearts of consumers. And the data, as you know, has been showing for a long time that this is important to consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we shared some research, and I can go into a little bit of that, and saw some yep. progress which really demonstrated that this is continues to be important uh, and is really becoming a new normal for consumers and that the expectations of transparency from companies around what they're doing and why they're doing it are more important than ever before. We, we ran some research this year, which last year, which showed that, that consumers love it when companies say, hey, here's what my purpose is, here's where we're going, here's what motivates us as employees, as a brand, as a company. Uh, but what they really want to see is results. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with the economy, a lot to do with people in a very uh, strong mindset of where am I investing dollars. But, but really, by a, you know, a large margin, people saying, I'm, I'm more likely to trust a company that reports results versus mm-hmm. just tells me, hey, this is where we're going. Feel good about this journey. Yeah. And it, was that kind of the lesson, too, from your holiday tracker this year that you guys publish annually? Exactly. There was data there as well, which showed that a strong mindset of, you know, because cause is everywhere. And, and once you start looking for it, you'll see it in every, just about every place you go, mm-hmm. uh, that people really are looking now for, for, for companies to stand out and say, don't just tell me a portion of this goes somewhere or yeah, right. support this cause. But, you know, this is a lesson I think you've, you've talked about a lot. So absolutely, a, a very strong mindset of return, a very strong mindset of, show me the impact of, of what my purchasing decision is going to make and where and how. And I think that would be a, an absolute driving lesson uh, from the year. The other thing I would say is that that consumers and stakeholder groups broadly are, are becoming less and less shy. And we're seeing 
people really flexing their muscles and using the power of social media to, to communicate to companies and to communicate to brands and to, and to really let, let them know when they're, they're doing things that they don't really appreciate or that they mm. think are inconsistent with the, what the brand stands for or what, what the yeah. individuals stand for. And, you know, I think it's interesting, too, is, you know, you know, every year seems to bring some type of, unfortunately, some type of disaster, whether it's an international disaster or domestic disaster. Of course, Sandy uh, this year, uh, you know, is always a reminder to brands about the importance of sincerity and sensitivity when it comes to cause marketing. You're absolutely right. You know, I think that uh, there is a you call it another new normal with disasters. Unfortunately, they're coming at a at a rapid clip, and, and mm. consumer expectations are that companies are going to do something. No one can sit on the sidelines, and so there's a there's a baseline expectation that a company is going to get involved. I think there are very few brands that can make disaster response their calling card. Yeah. What they're all about. They're, they're mm-hmm. brands that stand for trust and reliability and that that sort of thing. Uh, but then there are the examples uh, where you see consumers reacting negatively when it looks like ambulance chasing, when it appears that people are being insensitive to the needs of uh, the affected stakeholder groups. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, Sandy was a terrific example of a, a largely terrific response with millions of dollars being marshaled by companies of all shapes and sizes yep. uh, towards, towards a, a, very, a very specific need in a very specific area. Mm. I want to go back to, to impact for just a minute, Craig, because I think that's I think that's a tricky thing for companies to do because it's very exciting to talk about a campaign that's happening currently and how what the impact will be. But it, it, what's the best way and how should companies be looking at reporting that back? And that being said, we should also note that in 2012, the Attorney General, New York Attorney General, came up with these great guidelines. Mm-hmm. And, and part of what they were talking about, at least in, in real time and social media uh, on these campaigns, was tracking as you go, you know, the impact as you go. But mm-hmm. what's, the, what's your advice to companies to, to report back to consumers? Well, I think the first thing is to figure out, you know, the unit of impact. Like, what is it that you're going to do? You know, uh, we work with a client, Time Warner Cable, Connect a Million Minds, and, and they have a ticker on their website which counts up how many minds they've connected. Mm-hmm. If you're curious what that means, you can dig in and understand exactly what that is. Uh, there are ways to quantify, you know, number of people reached, the number of books being delivered, the number of classroom hours being achieved. There, So there are ways to think about it. I think typically organizations have thought, well, you know, we do donated $500,000 yep. something, right? And what does that mean? I have no idea as a consumer. So I think the first thing is figure out what the unit of impact is, how mm-hmm. you can uniquely change, and then put that up on the wall and say, is that meaningful? You know, mm-hmm. run it past some of your consumer base, use consumer input to help shape that. Uh, and that can certainly be used to determine the size, the extent, all of that. So figuring out the unit, getting some input from consumers, and then tracking progress in a meaningful way against it, and then letting people know if you're not yeah. reaching your goals. Right. We've seen some terrific examples. Charity Water is a great example of a nonprofit that publishes its failures as well as its successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the CEO of that organization has said this has been the single most defining thing that they've done as an organization and has increased the appeal. Donors want to know where they're doing, and they're setting new standards of where exactly is your dollar going? What exact mm-hmm. well did it help build, and, and what were the issues along the way? So I think figuring it out and being really transparent and clear about, about it. About 70% mm-hmm. of consumers say, let me know where you are on the journey. I don't expect you to be perfect. My life's not perfect. Tell me where you are. Tell me where you're going, and be real with me. And in exchange, I'll, I'll give you trust. And that's yeah. kind of very, very clear from, from data. 
And the thing is, too, Craig, is there's, uh, you know, so many vehicles now to communicate with uh, with donors and supporters, you know, with social media. And, you know, and I think that was part of the attorney general's guidelines, too, is that people, especially in social media campaigns, but with social media, too, to communicate with people on a regular, uh, effective basis about, like, what's happening. You're absolutely right. And, and within that, to drill a little deeper, more deeply, you know, knowing your consumer segment. So do something.org, a terrific nonprofit based mm-hmm. out of New York. Uh, they work with mobilizing teens against social impact and issues. And, and teenagers want to be talked to a lot. Like yeah. if, you are, if you are a company trying to communicate to a teenager and you send them a message once a month or once yeah. every few weeks, they're going to reject you because they, yeah. that's not how they communicate. They want to be texted every day. They want to be communicated on a regular basis. Sending a baby boomer a text every day from a company would, would make their head explode, right? So you have the, the one the thing that makes one group feel like you're, you get me and you're talking to me like someone I trust is the thing mm-hmm. that will make another group say, get away from me, stop, mm-hmm. you know, stop spamming me. So it's knowing how mm-hmm. to use those tools effectively is even more important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like my, uh, you know, talking about texting. I have a 12-year-old daughter who actually just got an iPhone. And in the, the first 10 days of it use, she sent 1,200 texts. That's amazing. I, said, <laughs> I was like, who are you talking to? You're not talking to me. And, uh, and you know, and mention and do something in text campaigns, though. They did something, Craig. I don't know if you heard about this one, though. Did you hear about the campaign they were doing where they were uh, poking people with text messages about what it was like to have a baby? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. they did it with teens and stuff like that and yep. just letting teens know, like, hey, I need to be fed. I need to be changed. I'm crying now. You know what I mean? And teens were like, man, this is a lot of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, but text is such a great medium to communicate with them. You're absolutely right. And so using, taking that connection between online and offline world and using technology to make things more uh, close and more understandable, mm. that's a great example. You know, I bet that you probably sent 1,200 tweets, though, in the same time that your daughter that's sent true. those texts. So Good point. You, you, probably got, you probably can match her. So. Yeah, I know. It's kind of sad, is it? <laughs> <laughs> You're keeping up. Yeah, so, that's but, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking uh, speaking of digital and social media, Craig, what should people be looking for in 2013 when it comes to cause? Well, I think that what, what we expect to see is is increasing usage of more inventive social media. There are you know there's there are so many examples of of, of programs that have used social media. Uh, what, what we're seeing again is that baseline. So getting beyond the like, getting beyond yeah. just people getting involved and finding these ladders of engagement, finding ways to connect with them. Your example of you know, you know, poking the teens with a text is a great example of building a relationship and really thinking about social media as a tool for deeper engagement and finding different contexts, different ways to get people involved. I think you're going to see more and more of that. I think you're also going to see more fragmentation. You know, I gave a presentation recently on some trends in social media, and, and someone in the audience said, I have never seen 20 of those things. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, there's probably a reason why, because A, you're not a teenager or you're not a you know, uh, you're not in the segment, and so I think that's part of the fragmented environment that we're part of. Is that that each of these things can be so customized and so unique, uh, and so call it inventive and creative. This connection between online and offline. There are some games, for example, that by playing them, that you actually help plant a tree in a rainforest right. in Madagascar. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's that's a, that's an eight-year-old sitting around playing with a game <laughs> on dad's iPhone, yeah. uh, but having a real a real impact in the world. Uh, in, in, in the offline world. So I think those trends of more fragmentation, more online-offline connection 
uh, and really smart companies figuring out how to actually use creativity and innovation to, to deepen relationships and create more more deep connections with consumers. We'll see more and more of that. Yeah, Is there? And, oh, sorry. Go no, go ahead. Is there an underutilized platform for cause as far as you're concerned? Like when you look at what's there, do you say, why aren't people using Pinterest better or, for cause? Do you, do you see anything like that? You know, I think that there are, I think you're, what we see is the, the ones that are newer and kind of getting there, you know, certainly there's stuff that's been around for a while and we're starting to see more deep, deep use of Twitter, for example, as you know, people are using that as a way to connect and, and, and marshal and uh, the Sandy uh, experience was really interesting. That became used as a way of mobilizing consumers and mobilizing volunteers. You know, there were moments during Sandy where FEMA was looking at, you know, Twitter feeds to mm-hmm. see where where they should direct, you know, the emergency gas rationing. So here's the government using this tool. So I think that we're seeing a deepening in the Twitter space. I think Pinterest is something that many companies are still trying to figure out, what do I do with this? But certainly, yeah, right. yeah I think there could be more of that as you could use that potentially as a sharing tool for people who participated yeah. or want to be part of something. Uh, I think that that's a, a great one, Megan. And then well, you I know what I think, too, Craig, is with a lot of these things, too, is we're going to see like a lot of multi-platform use, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That we're going to yeah. be bumping back from, you know, that people will be on Twitter, but it will go to a Pinterest board into a YouTube yeah. video. You know what I mean? Like, you exactly know, right. so I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of synergy. Like I've noticed just even the past year, like, um, you know, the, the platform I'm using the most after Twitter is Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And because I find Pinterest works so well with my blog and, you mm-hmm. know, so now I can publish like a best of post and I can pin all those things on Pinterest. And, you know, it's not like I have to like, you know, I have to like take all the photos and put them in my blog anymore and stuff like that. Like I'm finding that things are much more integrated. Yeah. I think that's a terrific example. That's a terrific point. You're gonna you're gonna see more and more of those interconnectivity, and there's probably yeah. more stuff to come, right? I I love mm. uh, Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. His whole thing is the internet is in day one. He named yeah. named the buildings on his campus day one north, day one south, uh, because of this fundamental belief that disruption is really just beginning in the space. And so yeah, I think we're gonna we'll probably be talking a year from today about stuff that didn't exist doesn't exist today, but enables exactly that. That makes it easier for you to be a publisher, for easier for you. To, to to communicate your point of view and, and yep. to share it in a in a really dynamic and fluid way. Mm. Let's. You wrote a great great post on Media Post marketing causes, and we'll post it in the show notes. But it was five key anti trends for 2013, and it was things that you should not ignore in cause. Can you talk a, about a couple of those points? Absolutely. Well, it struck me heading into the the season this year that I could see top 10 this, top 10 that, top 10 that. And, and I kept thinking, that wait a sec, there's other stuff, uh, not to disregard these hot new trends, but what's hot and old? You know, what are the things that people should have been paying attention to last year and probably ignored and that will be true as true this year called mm-hmm. the deeper sort of driving kind of issues that are that are impacting society and I, and I think are going to be increasingly important for CSR and cause leaders first one clearly the economy uh, you know we research that we fielded two years ago is just as true today if not more that people really want companies to be focusing on the economic recovery and finding ways to contribute and drive that Starbucks a great example through their program around create jobs for USA program which is yep. a company that's really gotten invested deeply in that. Uh, another trend, I think, that, that another deep sort of meta-driving issue is the power of local. We're seeing that become more and more important. Consumers wondering you know, and asking, how is this program going to impact my community? So it's yeah. the difference between, say, solving hunger 
and solving hunger in my town or in my community. So companies figuring out how to create partnerships and get involved on the ground and demonstrate that to consumers. You know, you and, know that, it, and that I think that's such a great point too, Craig, because you know this is something I say every year, and you guys have done research for several years now that have shown this too, is there is a real opportunity out there for local nonprofits to work with brands if they will only seize it. And uh, because I think the focus is so much on local now. You're absolutely right, and and I and I've said this before that I think that local businesses were at the front of CSR and societal impact long before big companies. Why? Because people walk in their door every yeah. day right. and ask right. for, "Hey, can you support my fill in the blank?" And so, yep. yeah, the, it might seem like it's more challenging or it might be harder, but small there is a terrifically large opportunity for small business owners to say hey, I'm supporting these issues in my community. Here's how I'm doing it. And we're seeing some examples even here in Boston of some small companies that are, that are doing that. So I, so I completely agree. And it fits very much with a concentric rings of me, my family, my community, yep. my world. Uh, and with the eco- economic crisis, those circles have gotten tighter. People want to know what company X is going to do to help me in my town versus someone right. on the other side of the world. Yep. A couple other ones real fast. You know, I think that the, this shift towards America, the multi-ethnic that we've seen, a few tipping points over the last couple of years. These have been slower moving dynamics, uh, but we're seeing, you know, minorities representing plus 90% of U.S. population growth, the majority of children less than one year yeah. of age. You know, we've talked about America as a melting pot for a long time, but uh, marketers, CSR leaders need to get a grip on this and figure out how, not just am I going to shoehorn stuff in to meet the needs of these segments and these consumer groups, but really build from within, identify the needs of these groups, and, and they do have often different attitudes towards CSR, different priorities around issues, around family, around the needs of the community. So that's another yeah. one. I think the, the the election really highlighted that, too, in the yeah. sense that, you know, and especially, uh, you know, uh, you know, multi-ethnic presence in the heartland of the country, too. You know, so yeah. much when you associate this along the coast and stuff like that, but it's like, no, the, it's, you know, the, it, it's moving into the Midwest, too. Absolutely. In the South, there's terrific examples of communities being revitalized by changing immigration patterns. And so you're, you're absolutely right to point that out. Quickly, the last couple, the disaster, the, 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 the omnipresent disasters, unfortunately, Katrina, Irene, Sandy, the wildfires, Texas, California, there are so many examples. And then figuring out, you know, how do companies respond to that? Uh, it's clear that consumers, as I mentioned earlier, expect this to happen. Seventy-five percent of Americans believe in disaster relief is a critical issue for companies to address. People send truckloads of stuff. People send issues, send aid. Oftentimes, those are not well thought through. A great example in Sandy, I heard from a first responder down there. They were standing on, Christ- on Thanksgiving, having Thanksgiving meal. Uh, there were no forks. You know, mm-hmm. So you've got <laughs> yeah. help coming in, but then not in an uncoordinated way. So how do, how do companies get involved and think through the solutions that are needed and be there in real time? Yeah, there was a good article, too, in the New York Times talking about uh, Sandy was a great illustration, too, how, how like, um, in-kind items and food drives are often misdirected in communities like that. And in most instances, the best thing you can do is send cash. Yeah, exactly. Unless you have something very focused. Uh, I used to yeah. work at Procter Gamble, and the Duracell brand was still in touch with some folks that were there from the Duracell power relief effort, and they were literally rationing out the batteries, saying, how yeah. many do you need? And people were coming yeah. and saying, you That's a great point. flashlight. Yep. And so there's a very direct need in the right place at the right time. And uh, so, yes, but then you've got the, the other example, the truckloads of something sitting there that's not really needed and, yep. and it's getting thrown out, you know, and could actually be used better somewhere else. Okay. That's right. 
Yeah. And then finally, we talked about the, the seismic shift that influence of technology, Internet, and social is having in this, this increasingly, you call it high-stakes, high-wire, high-stakes uh, kind of situation that brands find themselves in trying to manage reputation where being transparent, being out there, making commitments to social issues is creates risk, and, and you have to do it right, and you have to think through the implications and, and really being uh, sensitive. I know you talk a lot about this, Joe, Joe and Megan, both around sensitivity to the brand, uh, what you stand for, what you do, and then making sure you're making steps and actions that are consistent with that and are being very, very thoughtful about the needs of your stakeholders. So I think those five driving forces will continue to influence the, the, the space over the coming year, and, and I think the, the key questions for brand leaders, for CSR leaders, for cause marketers, you know, what are the opportunities among these for my brand? How do I leverage these issues to drive innovation or reinvention? And then what can I use do to use these things to create differentiation and competitive advantage, driving both business impact as well as the societal impact that motivates us all as cause marketers and CSR professionals? Yeah. No, that's great. You were good, Craig. That yeah, was just like, great. I mean, you just rattled through that list. It's just like you both, passionate point, and, and it's really an exciting time in the space to see such interest from consumers, to see the bar raising and consumer expectations saying, hey, don't just talk about this, do something, show me your impact, and to see companies responding in, in, a, in a really dynamic and, and inventive way. I That's feel, I, I feel, Megan. I feel not only ready for 2013. I feel ready for 2014. <laughs> after talking, to me Craig. too. This was a great way to start our first show of the year oh. by having Mr. Biden along yeah. with us. So, Craig, yeah. tell us a little bit about where people can keep their finger on the pulse of everything cause and and related at Cone. Absolutely. Well, you can certainly check out our website, which is www.cone.com. Uh, you can uh, reach us there, and we have some weekly newsletters that go out. All of the research that we fielded is there, and, and you can reach any of us, including myself, uh, at that at that uh, at that location. And they also yeah. have a great blog that you should subscribe to because then yeah, you get they all have a the great, great blog newsletter. Weekly. You can also find uh, Craig on uh, Twitter, which is yeah, nice, right. Craig. And I noticed that you changed your picture to a big smiley face too. Well, you know, it's all about being happy and smiling, right? That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I always say that. I always say to people with that, with the, the Twitter profiles, it's like, smile. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, but there's a great new picture of this. You guys got to go online. I got to see it. I haven't one. seen yeah. it. My mom, yeah. my mom loves that picture. So yeah, Aww. that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. so we'll have, we'll have Craig's smiling face on yeah. the show notes as well. And yeah. Joe, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me, of course, on my blog, selfishgiving.com. They can find me at the moment or at the second and uh, on Twitter at Joe Waters. And, uh, of course, I have a bunch of Pinterest boards dedicated to cause marketing. And you can check that out. And my handle there is Joe Waters. And today on my blog, uh, Megan, I have a list of my best cause marketing campaigns for 2012. I break them down by uh, message promotion, purchase trigger donations, point of sale, and even by holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah, so I've got a lot of information. And this all links to my uh, Pinterest board. So it should be fun and informative for people. Absolutely. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF, and also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at CauseUpdate.com. And you can also find Cause Talk Radio at Stitcher Smart Radio, as well as iTunes. We do encourage you to subscribe to the show there. And as always leave a comment. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.